Mr. Roth. Gentlemen, so nice did, you did you hear a little bit of the, uh, Hey buddy, did you get to hear a little bit about Jeopardy? Huh? <laughs> I did. I, I caught the last 15 minutes. It's been a, a little bit of a crazy day, but, uh, Oh, I bet yeah, that was so fascinating. I mean, really fascinating. Yeah. That was, that was, that was yes. good to hear. Oh, thanks man. All right. Well, um, let's, uh, let's get a reset and let's get going. So, uh, let me, uh, let me push, let me push this button right, right here. Welcome to the Geocache Talk Network's 8th Annual Podcast of Hope. Once again, we are raising funds for St. Jude Children's Hospital. Our goal is to raise $13,000, and we can only do that with your help. To help us reach our goal, please visit the website, podcastofhope.com, and donate. Now, let's join our hosts of the Geocache Talk Network's Podcast of Hope. Share our screen. And show where we're at, how much we have raised so far. Uh, thanks, guys, so much for we had to kind of do some pivoting the last couple hours. And um, uh, thanks to Caleb. He's um, he bailed, you know, not bailed, but he left us already because uh, but I was appreciate him being on and helping out. So uh, that was and John, thanks for being with us, too, buddy. To kind of help with that. So, oh, you're welcome. All right, here yeah, we go. The fun. Wow, we've raised over two thousand dollars already. Dang, that is awesome. Very cool. Wow, two thousand sixty-three dollars and thirty-six cents so far. So, thanks to everybody. Um, thanks for all of your gifts to St. Jude. Um, mm-hmm. It means a lot means a lot to us. Um, it has been um, something that has been near and dear to, well, many people's hearts, but especially, you know, Jesse and I. And so it's, it's meant a lot to, uh, to be a well, part of uh, this. So the, our, our special guest tonight has been joining us for a few years now. In fact, he has. It's true. It's true. Yeah. It's a, it's an honor and a pleasure really to be to even a small part of this. Yeah, no, you're, that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. You, you know, something that we've talked about over, over, over the years and just your, the accessibility that you have provided to, to really all cashers and your, um, you know, um, you don't sit in an ivory tower and go, well, you know, I, I'm the president. I don't have time for you. I don't time. I don't have time for you geocachers, but I mean, you, you're willing to, you know, just be, I mean, you're president and co-founder, but yet you're a casher just like us. And, you know, you, you're, um, you know, willing, you're more than willing to sit down and talk to, to anybody that really comes in, comes in the office probably. As much as I can, of course. I mean, I'm, I'm a, I'm a geocacher. I'm part of the community and, you know, we don't take ourselves too seriously. Like the, the not too big, Secret is there's no ivory tower, and there really shouldn't be. And so, look, we get we get to do this. It's a it really is a treat. You know, who would have thought that I would get to talk to people about you know this game that we all love? And it's uh, yeah, anytime I can. And talking yeah. to people who um, come to the office even- is a real treat. Yes, it is. Uh, you know, I, I yeah. know we've talked about this in the past, but but we've had some experience uh, even recently where folks have come in and 
you know, you, you talk to them and you get to hear their stories. And, and some of these folks have really fascinating stories or they're, you know, dealing with mm -hmm. challenging things in life and, and geocaching is a tool that's getting them through or just giving them a, a really fun distraction and community and support. And so we just, uh, we just had our holiday party for the company last night. Yay. Um, thankfully I'm feeling awesome. all right today, but uh, <laughs> I don't know that everybody is, but it, it's typical yeah. of holiday parties, I think. Um, but I got to address the company. And what's interesting is with this hybrid remote situation that we've been in since COVID, yeah. Um, we don't get to see everybody all that often. So we mm -hmm. had uh, some folks come into town who live in different states now, uh, some mm -hmm. people who just live too far away for a daily commute, and maybe we see them once every couple months, or maybe we don't actually see them for, for quite some time. Right. But here at the holiday party, like everybody was there, and I got to take oh, a awesome. few moments. Jeremy and I got to speak and just recognize that hey look at this this group of people and with a much broader group of people around the world the the reviewers the cash oh, yeah. hiders the you you folks um you know and and many many others look at what we're getting to contribute to the world in in terms of making people happy and giving them fun stuff to do and and in some cases if, if not a lot of cases changing lives in a positive way and so it was something for us as a company to get to celebrate a little bit last night, but it was not without recognition of the fact that as a company, we play a part of it. And there's a, it's a much broader uh, community in all their roles. I, I feel like we talk about this a little bit every time, but it stands true. Sure. You know, it's one of the things it's that true. thankfully is not changing. Yeah. Yeah. And apparently um, you guys will let anybody come into the, uh, to the building. So uh, <laughs> I got to, so the, the, the single cafe neon sign uh, broke about oh no uh, a month and a half ago and it just it started flickering and then it went out we couldn't get oh, it, no. we couldn't get it to start and I think that there was some you know f a little bit of fear that this like iconic piece like do we really want to go make another oh. one or whatever and we were able to find a local repair company who within a week had it running perfectly once again. So it's quite scare, but it's, you know, it's one of those things that I know it was nice to, to get the picture with you in front of the signal cafe sign. Yeah. Uh, the, it, it's good that it's uh, running and, and healthy and, and all that. As soon back as I saw alive. the picture, I was like, all right. Yeah. Back yeah. Resuscitated. <laughs> yeah. And, um, you know, getting to visit, uh, HQ, if, if folks haven't been able to do that, um, it, it is a real treat. Uh, I, we, we, you know, luckily, you know, you, you, you happen to be, uh, there that day and, uh, which you're there most days. Um, and I want to talk a little bit about HQ, but I also want to show, um, you have, um, and I've, and I know John and Jesse and, and myself have met, so many of the lackeys and there i tell you you guys hire some of the best people just best absolutely best human beings i really you really have i don't think i've had uh an experience with uh employees of y'all call them lackeys but employees of a company um so um you know i was able while i was there uh, get a picture with with these two knuckleheads so uh no they're great um incredible folks absolutely yes. those two and the the other 90 plus 
people. Yeah, it, you, I think you're right. I mean, I I shared that last night. You know, my feelings on it, but we're so very fortunate to have this group of people, and I think that you know the community is worthy of our best as a company, and the fact that the best that we can do is coming from such a good group of people who are inspired by the community and looking to find ways to you know improve the the positive impact created by this game it's um we're just we're, we're all fortunate i think the community is fortunate i think we as a company are, are fortunate look we get to we get get to do this for a living and mm-hmm. you know it's it's a I mean, symbiotic relationship, I think, doesn't doesn't do it justice, but it's a it's mm-hmm. a great group. I feel um, mm-hmm. pretty honored to get to work with them as a as a group and kind of excited about what it means for the future. You know, <laughs> even uh, last night we talk about um, mm-hmm. our goal is to get better every year, get stronger, figure out better processes, learn to work together better, learn to identify the the needs of the community, the needs of the right. game, the needs of the company, and make some decisions and then action those decisions to deliver better platform and, and more global impact for a global community that really deserves it. One thing I need to mention off the top, um, yes, please ask your questions. We may not get it to them immediately because we're going to kind of do we're going to look back and look forward like we normally do with brian but if you do have questions thank you udac and scott Uh, i'm putting them in a queue to ask these questions um uh, again pretty soon but you know um as we want to kind of wrap up some of the discussion about about hq and um then we'll kind of talk about the whole year of 2023. And then we'll kind of talk about, you know, some what ifs going forward from 2024. But, um, you know, it, it's the, the way you guys have it set up. So if you've never been to HQ and I don't know if it's changed over the years, Brian or not. So you have to correct me if I'm, I'm wrong on this, but I, I really, I really appreciate the way that you have it even set up. I mean, the, the lobby area, there's so much to do in the lobby. I mean, you guys have really set that up really nicely. I mean, you can take pictures, you've got, you got the wall that's showing updates. Um, the, the lady who's that I met who was working up up front that day is such a great host really for people that come to, um, come to, to the headquarters and, you know, get to, you know, log trackables and, you know, uh, you know, I bought, I bought a shirt and some coins. I mean, there's, it's, um, it's just well intentioned and it's, you guys do such a great job of creating that environment of, of, uh, hospitality in your, mm-hmm. in your lobby. I mean, it really is. Thank you. It's a huge compliment. And I can tell you, we call it a visitor center. And the purpose mm-hmm. is for to entertain and engage uh, visitors to HQ from throughout the world. I want to say it was like five weeks ago, maybe a little bit more. We had yeah. our twenty thousandth log of the HQ cache, which is a GCK GCK five B, and you know we're something north of that now. But it was we're in a company meeting um, on that day, and I said, hey folks, you know, something to acknowledge. And I don't think anybody had checked, but I had, I think I have to log a trackable or drop a trackable that I picked up elsewhere. And I was mm-hmm. like, oh my goodness, you know, we're, we're 20,000 or we're like high 19,000s. And I'm like, yeah. we're going to hit that within the next day or two. And 
yeah, it was just really cool. And I'll, I'll tell you, you worked, I'm pretty sure Dana was at the desk when yeah. you came to visit. And you're right. She's incredible. She really is. She is. Here's something I, here's something that I can share is, uh, you know, Dana got uh, promoted into a new position and we've had a temp at the front desk for a couple months now while we started mm -hmm. looking for somebody new. Um, and yeah. we have a new, we call them the guest experience coordinator, which is oh, cool. you know, pretty in line with sort of how you're describing it. You know, it's, it's about creating an experience for visitors who are coming from far and wide to the office to, to meet us, talk to us, see us, explore a little bit of, you know, geocaching history with the International Space Station trackable and things like that. Yeah. But we have a new guest experience coordinator who is, I'll say, a, a pretty active geocacher. Oh, cool. from the United States. I, I don't know if it's public, so I'm not going to spoil, spoil uh, it by okay. sharing their name, uh, but it's, uh, it's exciting. We're, you know, one of the things that we've talked about is we want people at, at the, in the guest experience coordinator role who really understand and appreciate the nature of right. the game so that they can share that enthusiasm when people are coming in with their own enthusiasm. And it's a, it's sort of a win-win all around. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I know, uh, Jesse, you've been to HQ. Yeah, I was just looking it up because I was, right before you said it, I was just wondering how many people have been there. It was like, it's been almost eight years since I've been. So oh, wow. There's, there's probably been some changes. I probably guess I have to go back then. So I think you're overdue for a trip back. Oh, come, yeah. back. Come, on, come on in. Come visit yeah. us. Um, Everybody in the I, chat I, I, as yeah, well. It was, yeah. Come visit us. We'd love to see you. Really. Absolutely. Uh, John, have you get a chance to go to HQ yet or? You know, I am due. I am due. It's on my bucket list to head that out way. I've never been to the Pacific Northwest. I have to um, definitely do it. Hit the milestone caches. Yeah. Check out some Chad's caches. Uh, you know, yeah. find, and, and since Brian's originally from downstate New York here, you know, find out some good pizza too in the Seattle area. There you go. The he would know being a New Yorker. It's, it's, there's good pizza, but there's not New York pizza. Not Same York with pizza. bagels. There's just fair no enough. Fair it's it really and uh, well, i want to pivot to, to 2023 um as we wrap up the year but i do want to mention that that is a trip that i uh had on my bucket list and i finally yeah like scouter that's on my bucket list well it i, I finally said i'm going that's it this is the year so this was the year i got to go and you know like you said john you you, you know i kind of I didn't do everything. I mean, the Pacific Northwest for geocaching, you could spend a whole year there. Everything for you can't. <laughs> no, but I kind of picked out and, and a lot of people suggested things. I appreciate people's suggestions, but I kind of picked out, you know, the trip that I wanted to make. I kind of made the trip I wanted to make. I wanted to go to HQ. Um, Chad got to go with me. So, you know, it's fun having bounce bounce to, to, you know, drive me around. And he was, gracious enough to drive me around seattle a little bit um you know you, you gotta go to the, the original stash plaque and you know find caches down there and um you're close enough to, to canada for those that have never been um mm -hmm. to um I, I did a quick trip up to canada because i planned ahead brought my passport got me a cache in canada you know there's so much in the area like you know it Ape which cache. is one of two Ape Ape caches in Absolutely. the world you know not oh too far God. from hq not far in less I mean, than an hour. Yeah. Well, you know, the, there's so many cool things. GCD is not far. There's so many, GCD. you can really, plan GCD it. is a, 
a, a good, you know, put those two together. They're, mm-hmm. they're close oh, enough. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, I went down to Oregon and, and well, cause I went to the original and, um, you know, I, I, I did some sightseeing as well. Cause you could really, I mean, like we said, you, you know, I, I went to, uh, you know, some, some sightseeing places as well because that, you know, got some coffee places. I mean, I got, went to Starbucks's reserve place. That's kind of unique. You know, there's so many, and you know, um, I had been to Seattle before space needle fish, you know, the market and, and, but yeah, so everyone should, if you can make, you know, make your notes and make a trip, um, up to the, the Seattle area, because it is, it is really worth going, not just for the caching, but for everything else too. But, Mm -hmm. um, so I mean, we wanted say, to kind of if, go ahead. If anybody you know, is going to come, anybody in the chat, you know, of course, any of you guys, if you're coming out yeah. to Seattle, you're going to come visit us in the, uh, you know, at HQ. Um, send me a message. Let me know that you're going to be here, and if I am available, I'll come out and say hello. Absolutely, that's awesome. Thank awesome. you, thank you, Brian. That is awesome. Yeah, my my pleasure. Yeah. Um. So we we kind of want to start by talking a little bit about uh 2023 so 2023 as you as you look back from from you know we, we all have our experiences we can share but mm-hmm. from your perspective looking back on this year what are some things that really stand out to you that that come to mind um again i think in a way like as a company uh the way that we are working together we've ironed out some processes we have um, people have moved into different roles, and so like from a from a core business standpoint, mm-hmm. it's been it's been some some changes over the course of the year that mm-hmm. have gotten us to the point where I think there's a lot of excitement around 2024 and and of course 2025, which we can talk well, about yeah. as well. Um, but really, just understanding. Um, how the game is played, um, what uh, experienced players are looking for, what brand new players are looking for. You know, one of the things that we try and say, like geocaching is for everybody. We want everybody to have sort of the positive impact that can be created by the game. But at the same time, it's it could be a little complicated. You know, when you get new geocachers, somebody who's trying it for the first time, if they're out with a geocacher, mm-hmm. you know, that's it's very easy because you know you can bring them along and you could say let me show you why this is cool mm-hmm. let me show you the the intricacies and here's how you use the app and here's all the things and you know as much as we want to optimize the process of hey if you get somebody coming through the sort of the digital uh, door um, that doesn't have a friend that's taking them out and they're like all right I've heard about this game what is it um, mm-hmm. how do we how do we like set expectations so that they understand like the nature of the game, um, the benefits of the game. And like, I think, um, I think we've talked about this in the past, but like for yeah. every geocachers, every geocacher, there are one or more sort of whys, like, why do I do this? What, you know, what, what's the draw for me? Uh, what's the impact that I seek? What's the, you know, what am I, what am I getting from this game? And, and of course, giving to this game and, yeah to try and bridge the gap. We almost like, we refer to it a little bit here as like couch to cash. 
So mm -hmm. you have somebody who just downloaded the app. Uh, people do this all the time. They're sitting on the couch. They're in front of their television, maybe watching a, a game or a, you know something on Netflix or whatever. And a lot of casual games, you can sit there and you can just keep playing from your, from your couch. Right. But for geocaching, as we know, we're asking for a little more commitment. Like you got to get up, you got to go outside. You're going to have to maybe challenge yourself in a way that most people aren't accustomed to. And when we have so many people coming through the front door as we do every year, because people are just continually learning about the game and mm -hmm. downloading the app, um, the percentage of people that actually make it to finding a cache mm -hmm. is you know, in the interest of sharing the joy of this game with the world, uh, we've got work to do because, you know, we have work to do as a company. I think right. as, a, as a global community, we have work to do. There's so many positive things that we all know about this game. How can we more effectively share it with the world? And I think that what I have seen here highlight-wise as a company is some really big shifts in how we're looking at it and how we're planning to approach it. Um, right. Yeah. Let's see. What did they say? The physical get off the cat. Oh, my glasses on. Aspect of the game was one of the main reasons yeah. we started catching, caching. Yes. Yeah. Um, you know, for some people, it's a way to to meet people and just yeah. you know give them something fun to do or get outside or the physical aspects or the challenging themselves. You know, doing things that are like you know you're going out and doing T fives all the time. Like if you're normally sitting on your couch, when you go from couch to like. You know, yeah. like the T5, like you're getting going up, tr totally going up trees different. or mountains. Right. Yeah. Um, you know, challenging yourself physically and mentally, you know, D5s, you know, complicated puzzles and things like yeah. that. There's so many challenges to be had. And, you know, everybody is a little bit different. As we know, like geocaching resonates in so many different ways across mm -hmm. the spectrum of the community. And right. so, you know, you get all these people coming through sort of the front door and how do we how do we explain it to them in a way that's going to resonate? So they at least try it and figure out for them what is the facet of this game that um, that either you know keeps them coming along or helps them decide like, hey, I've got other recreational pursuits that that I think I enjoy more for whatever reason. And but at least you know have them do a better job of setting expectations. So it's one right. of the things that we are focused on. Um, no, Along with figuring out, you know, ideally, you know, unique unique ways to engage and and serve the community and and ideally delight the community. Do you know? And this may not be something you can even know, but do you know how people are coming to the game in the first place? And I don't mean like ah, but are they hearing about it word of mouth? Is it an advertisement? Is it just from the they're just finding the app? Or do you know how people are nowadays yep. are hearing about the game in the first place? Yes. Um, the the short answer is it's a lot of different ways that they're finding out. I can tell you um, we don't really do any advertising. So, and that's something that for 23 plus years now, um, we haven't done a lot of paid advertising. Uh, we've done some experiments and tests to, to see, oh, what happens if we, you know, run a Facebook ad for a month or, or something right. like that. Um, but for the most part, and for throughout the history of this game, it is um, people telling other people. It is people posting on social media to share like, hey, look at what I'm doing. I just hit this milestone. I just and, and you know, when they share it with their friends and family, people will say some people are like, oh, congratulations. That's awesome. I know how difficult that is to do. And other people will say, I don't even know what you're talking about. Like, help me out here. And 
really throughout the history of this game. That's how, you know, maybe they talk to their local newspaper or a magazine or, you know, a TV reporter and say, like, you have to see what I'm doing with my friends, or with my family, or with my grandparents. Yeah. And they're like, oh, this is interesting. I should write a little story about this, or I'll do a news article about this, or we can talk about a new geo tour that's in a, a town or a city or uh, mm -hmm. things like that. And so that's, for the most part, that is how people find out about the game. Do, do you and Jeremy get a lot of, uh, or are you getting more the same, or do you think that there's not as many, uh, article, like d does the, pr do you get press requests from time to time? Hey, uh, I'm, you know, the, the Duluth journal and I, I'm, I, you know, want to do a story about geocaching. Can you give me some time? That kind of thing. Do you, do you still get quite a few of those or yeah um i would say jeremy's not doing them much right. at all right um, and even for me like i'm doing them sparingly so okay. chris ronan rock chalk yeah. is our you know senior, senior pr manager and so we have kind of a media page on geocaching.com that provides the basics and i think from a self-serve perspective there's a lot of people who just they're going to do an article maybe they're talking to a geocacher and they want some mm -hmm. some facts and stuff so they'll look at the fact sheet and they'll take some of that information and incorporate it without even contacting us and right. then, you know, there's another group that will reach out and say, hey, we've got some questions. You know, either Chris will provide answers to those questions or he'll source them from, from elsewhere within the company. Um, and then on occasion, if it's, you know, something maybe more significant, he'll be like, hey, Brian, you know, would you be interested in, I don't know, talking to NPR or something? It's like, you bet. Yeah. Happy to talk to them. Or, you know, there's a local news station or there's something having to do with, like, getting kids outside, you know, and it's – Obviously, I can't spend all of my time, you know, talking to people about yeah. the nature of the game. But when I can do it, I, I yeah, I relish the, the opportunity to kind of spread the word. You know, it's a. Uh, mm -hmm. I think we talked about this before, but it's uh, geocaching is good for people. It is good for the world, and so you know, yeah, the more absolutely. we can talk about it, the better. Mm -hmm. Yeah, hey, it's definitely one of those things that over the last. Now, obviously, you have more experience than all of us here, right? You've been in the game forever, but. For somebody like I've been in the game for a few years, when I started the game, it, hardly anybody that I knew knew about the game. Nowadays, mm -hmm. it's much more common to find somebody. It's much less common to find somebody that doesn't know about it. You just people, even if they're not geocachers themselves, they've at least heard of it. It's that's every great. once in a while you'll find somebody that's just never even heard of it at all. But usually people have at least heard of it, heard it mentioned, know somebody that does or did geocache. So it's, Word of mouth has definitely spread it. You know, there's no Facebook ads. There's no TV commercials. Um, but it's definitely in popular culture. Absolutely. I, I, certainly more so than ever. You know, mm -hmm. we used to joke, like, in the early days, you know, the, the first five years, okay, where we all had day jobs for the most part. But, like, in the early days, people would say, you know, the common question of, like, well, what do you do? And... You know, the first I would start with like, have you ever heard of geocaching? And it was pretty much nobody <laughs> knew what we were talking right. about. And now right. that has changed a lot. I actually had a funny experience yesterday. Um, our dishwasher broke at home. And so I Heidi had some stuff going on, so I stayed home and worked from the from my house yesterday, yeah. which is pretty rare. But dishwasher guy comes and he's he's doing it and I, I said something about you know, the same day that he's at our house, the dishwasher, one of the dish, one of the two dishwashers at HQ broke. And I was like, oh, you know, it's funny you're here. Like, 
I, I got another problem at the office. The dishwasher broke. And he said, oh, you know, where's the office? And I said, have you ever heard of geocaching? Expecting like, you know, maybe yeah. a 40% chance that it was possible. Yeah. And he's like, oh, yeah. He's like, I've repaired your dishwashers at geocaching headquarters. In the oh, wow. <laughs> and I said, well, maybe we'll see you again sometime. I said, listen, if you come to the office, please ask for me so that I can come yeah. say hello. But it's, awesome. uh, it's changed a lot. It's, it's certainly much better now. Mm -hmm. um, or sort of better. I mean, you know, there's more awareness um, than yeah. there ever was. Interesting too. Um, I don't know how long this has been going on that you can probably let us know, but um, scouter 70 forces, I was a geocaching merit badge counselor for years and taught many scouts and parents about geocaching. So, you know, the whole, uh, and we talked about scouting on one of the shows recently, um, but that um, is really another like aspect of geocaching that it's a that it's available through scouting so therefore you got a you know a fairly wide range of of advertising you want to call it i guess for you know people to get a geocaching you know merit badge so that's kind of cool i remember so. working i think when you were here um gary when i showed you around hq yeah we have um we have sort of a letter from the scouts yeah acknowledging the work that we did back with you know many years ago with them to develop that merit badge and it's yep. something where you know for kids to find something other than you know screens and youtube and video games and whatever mm -hmm. that might encourage them to spend more time outside it's certainly consistent with scouting in general and yep. then you know for us it's just another aspect of like hey getting kids outside is a pretty noble pursuit for all of us and so you know it turned into a really good program and you know thanks for for spreading the word with scouts and and yeah. you know getting getting scouts out there um involved with geocaching i think the merit badge is something that uh, has has really had a positive impact yep absolutely so we kind of hit this every year, but we have to ask all the time anyway. Um, how are we looking as far as people coming into the game, leaving the game? I know COVID threw the numbers crazy, right? We went up and down and we introduced a lot of people. We lost a lot of people, everything else. How are we looking now? And I know this is not specific numbers, right? But just this trends of people sure, coming sure. into the game and leaving game. What is that looking like in 2023? I would say it's we're still, you know, 2023 is less – new users coming in than 2022 um and and 2021 but I, I i guess i can't emphasize enough just how unusual by like i don't know an order of magnitude the COVID years were right and i think mm -hmm. that there's one of the things that we talk about here is it's it's still without being able to go into numbers like there are a tremendous amount of people that have found out and downloaded the geocaching app or signed up on mm -hmm. the website in 2023. It's, it's an extraordinary amount of people. Um, but it's still down a bit from the last couple of years. And, and so, right. you know, one of the things that we've said is maybe this is, you know, of the addressable population of people who might be interested, the COVID years, like all of a sudden, like the message was out there and there were so few choices of recreational activities, you know, have we sort of borrowed from tomorrow for, for yesterday and now right. we're sort mm -hmm. of get back to equilibrium over time. And that's kind of what I expect. Um, you know, will it, will it flatten out sort of in 2024? Maybe, you know, we'll, we'll see what that looks like. I would expect that 
2024 will either be you know similar to 2023 mm-hmm. but it could be uh, it, it could be more it could be a little bit less and maybe next year we could have the same conversation i'm happy to provide an update <laughs> right well, you know yeah. as long as we're not losing you know we're gonna gain and lose people every year but it's it's one of those things and i know y'all we've talked about before y'all have a way of defining active geocachers and we forget because we talk to people weekly obviously that or a little deeper into the game, right? So we think active geocacher, we're like, we talked to an active geocacher, they went and found 100 last week or something, right? But many people outside of these circles we talk to, that I, like people that I work with, when I mention geocaching, they're like, yeah, I'm a geocacher. And they'll find a few a year, but it's something they always do with family or they do it when they go on trips. So it's not like they've left the game. They just don't cache every day. But once they've kind of come into the fold, they're always going to be geocachers after that. And they're always going to come back to the game, keep going back, even if they're not doing stuff every day. And, you know, they're not staying up for eight hours on a weekend on a podcast like us. Mom. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think what's, once people are introduced to the positivity of geocaching, especially with their families, it kind of spreads from there, even though it doesn't, it doesn't always take over everybody's life. Right. But you still, so even if it doesn't seem like we have brand new active geocachers all the time, we still have geocachers. They're going to stay in there forever. You bet. Absolutely. And, and I think as with everything, it's a spectrum. You know, there are the people who are on a, a thousand day streak right now. And there's some people who are, you know, going to find a cash opportunistically. You know, if somebody mentions, mm-hmm. oh, maybe there's a cash around here and it's once a year or once every six months or once a month. And I think that's part of the beauty of the game. You know, if you mm-hmm. think about um, yeah. sim- similar to, to geocaching, like, I don't know, like, like bowling, for example, there's, you know, all right, I'm, you know, can I, do I know how to bowl? Like, do I enjoy bowling? Absolutely. You know, I'll probably go once every couple of years because we're just not that active, but I enjoy the game. Right. You know, we'll go, you know, spend money on it and get the shoes and, you know, do my best. And then there's the people who are going to show up and try and bowl the 300s and, you know, be in the bowling yeah. leagues and all that. And so it's it's like another recreational activity in that way. You know, you can think about yep. it in terms of sports fans. You know, mm-hmm. there's the diehards and there's the casual fans. And it's, it's right. similar mm-hmm. to geocaching. It's just um, – you know, typical of, of these types of uh, activities. Yeah. Hey, I'm wondering in regards to kind of, it's interesting looking at back at the past few years, you know, shifting more to kind of like this container list, more of like development, if it's adventure labs, more virtuals, et cetera. And the, and the big major growth on adventure labs too, uh, you know, is there anything philosophically or, you know, more specific details you can share at you Ge- from geocaching HQ upon kind of like where we are within HQ's perception and, you know, kind of strategy to go with container lists versus containers, container-based caches in the future. Absolutely. I, I can certainly speak to that. Um, for starters, I would say when it comes to core geocaching with the containers, uh, it's still our primary focus. Like that's, right. we, we want to see people creating really cool caches that engage and delight people in the traditional set, sense of, of geocaching. Uh, I say traditional, no pun intended. Right. Um, <laughs> Not specific, but traditional in a traditional sense. <laughs> right. And, and when it comes to virtuals, like, I, we're not thinking about virtuals as a way of departing from a container-based game. Um, I think it's much more the fact that, hey, we had virtuals back in the day. Um, we retired them. And for so many years, we heard people saying, please bring back virtuals. 
please bring them back. You know, we've talked in the past about why we can't just make it a cache type and let everybody publish virtuals oh, and everywhere. And so what we've been trying to do is just with virtuals and, and as an aspect of core geocaching, it's really trying to um, meet the needs of the community who are certainly interested in that as a cache type, um, have some more geographic diversity. You know, when we first started with virtual rewards, there were some countries that had very few, if any of the virtuals. Um, and right. so kind of allowing it back into the game in a way that is uh, more effective for the game and, and sort of playability. And so it's mm -hmm. really far from a departure of, you know, from a container. And I think, you know, our, mm -hmm. our main focus is still containers. When it comes right. to Adventure Lab, there's a few things that we're thinking about. Um, because we're not limited to containers, you know, Adventure Lab provides opportunities to do, do things that are not uh, currently possible with the core game without a fundamental shift that I don't right. think we, I don't think it would make sense for anybody. And I think that it's not what the community is asking for. It's not what we think should be done. And so right. to be able to create the separation somewhat and say, Hey, here's a game where there's no proximity guidelines. For example, you can create something that is temporary just for a weekend. So like for mega events and giga events rather than, or even regular events, rather than have to go place caches with the expectation that, you know, you need to go through the full review process process and they're going to be there for a minimum of three months. We say, Oh, if you just want to do it for the weekend, go yeah. right ahead. Here's how you can do it. And you can make it private. So if you're a, we talked about this in the past also, but if you're a school yep. teacher and you want to do a, a, an educational program on school grounds for your students mm -hmm. that is interactive, doesn't have to be public and available to absolutely everybody, oh, well, cool. you can do a private adventure lab. And so, so the way that we're looking at it is it's a – it's an additional way to get people outside engaging with location-based content yeah. um, that is in some ways a little bit more accessible for people. And mm -hmm. it's another, because it's still kind of an early stage project, uh, what we're doing is we're learning. You know, we're seeing what people do. And in, in some ways we're, we're being surprised and figuring out, well, how are we going to adapt to this? Yeah. You know, how are we going to handle this? And in some ways it's like, wow, this is really cool. How do we encourage more of it? So it's, it's really far from uh, moving away from physical caches. It's much more about expanding the, the scope of really what's available um, in terms of experiences, but also in terms of what is available for creators who want to share experiences. So there's so many things to say about Adventure Labs too. So one, as a teacher, I love the idea of being able to provide that experience an introductory experience to kids and making it educational. Um, but do you know, because I've already seen one comment here. We're not going to, I know we're not going to get to all the comments, but um, somebody mentioned, I think it was Nicole. She mentioned she came into the game through Adventure Labs. Have you seen that that's been bringing people in or even, and I don't even know if you can track things like this, or are some people come into Adventure Labs that haven't even ventured over to geocaching really, but are just, they're, they're taking that side and they're staying that side. Have you been able to see that at all? Yep, absolutely. I okay. would say it's a it's a pretty small group of people, but what we can do right now is we can see who creates an account in the Adventure Lab app versus who's creating it within oh. sort of the core geocaching ecosystem, the website and the mobile apps. So we can differentiate between those players and then see um, you know, are they moving over to geocaching? Are they remaining within Adventure Lab and 
one of the ways that we're thinking about it is there's the opportunity for cross-pollination. You know, people might come into Adventure Lab because they mm-hmm. hear about like a history tour in some place that they're, you know, that they're visiting. And then all of a sudden mm-hmm. they, they see, oh, you know, I have this, I have a geocaching account. Like people are talking, you know, what is the, what is this find count all about? And if they end up hearing about geocaching, they can easily, easily shift between the two because the accounts are the same. You know, if you have a premium membership, we've got some, you know, new premium membership features in, in Adventure Lab with with other things coming that it's it's really like a, you can imagine a, a Venn diagram where there is some mm-hmm. separate space with, with sort of separate aspects of the two, mm-hmm. but in the center, there's this core that allows people to be like, hey, I'm a player, I have access to all of this. Very cool. Right. I think it's good how you two, like you've already mentioned it and I think we've mentioned this before, but we're, we're very glad that you re-released virtuals in the way that you did Mm -hmm. instead of an open blanket. And we could talk about, that's obvious to all of us. Right. But um, you do have a virtual release coming up again next year and you put some qualifications on it, which I think is very interesting. Yes. Yes. Yeah. I like the way you are doing that. Yeah. So I think the basics of it, and we don't have to get into it, but it is, you have to, it's, it's for cashers and the way that you did that. I know you've always been looking every year for a way to reward cash hiders. And obviously correct me if I'm wrong, but this has to be hidden for the people to be eligible for virtual next year. They have to have hidden the cash, not just hidden the cash, but it's an active cash that got at least four favorite points, which I know you had to set the bar somewhere. So that's an interesting way to do it. But is that part of that effort to reward cash hiders? Because I know it's always a hard thing to do. Absolutely. Yes. Um, you know, we know that having a virtual credit is something that is desirable, you know, not for everybody, but for a segment of the community. And we know that when cash hiders create things that are worthy of favorite points, that they're bringing yeah. some positivity to the game. And so, Absolutely. you know, in an effort to, of course, incentivize more positivity being brought to the game, this is kind of a just a, a program that that will set it up so that people see like, oh, if I do this, here's my opportunity to potentially get a, a virtual. And I can say like, personally, I deserve no credit for this aside from being enthusiastic when I heard about it. But right. it's another example of like our community team really thinking about how do we create um, you know, a positive experience for players? And the best way to do that is you create a positive experience and incentive for the creators to create really cool things. And of course, when creators create cool things, then they get favor points, which is this, you know, this reward cycle where you, know, yeah. you get appreciation mm-hmm. for people for what you've built. And that is, uh, you know, and then if you could potentially get, you know, one of the virtuals that's going to be released in January, for us, it's like, well, if this person puts enough time into creating a great experience with a physical cache, the presumption, I think a safe presumption is that they're going to be very considerate of what they do, you know, and deliberate of what they do with that virtual. You know, and then we get more cool virtuals also. Yeah. yeah. Well, in, in like virtuals, this comment came up in the chat a few times. Would there ever be a likelihood for a webcam kind of like rewards on here? And if you don't want to answer, Brian, but it seems likely, you can just cough and look up once. Blink twice if it's yes. <laughs> just kidding. Without being able to to formally commit to everything or anything, I would say 
The short answer is yes. Of course, we're going to think about how we do something like that with webcams. I can't tell you uh, when it's going to happen or how it's going to happen, but I know that that the community team has discussed it in the past. I expect that they will be discussing it in, in the future. And I would personally be surprised if we don't do something like that um, at some point in the future, which I right. can't tell you how long that might be. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah no, that's great. Along those lines, uh, we're trying to consolidate all that. We're getting a lot of questions too. Obviously, we're gonna yeah. So webcams came up, virtuals comes up. All it, it comes up every year, right? All the things people want to know what's changing. Um, the, the other one was a couple of things that come up. Are we gonna do more stuff with leaderboards in the future, and are we gonna do? And I know this thing takes you can't commit to everything. And then um, I don't even know what they're officially called, but like how hey, you've done the promotions with the the museum heist and you know, the, the different promotions over time, whereas the digital, I don't know what the original name is, but like the digital souvenirs, not the ones on our web you know profile, but. Yep. Digital souvenirs. Well, yeah, in the, you're talking about the, I always call them promotions. Is that. Promotions. Is that, that's what we're generally when you partner with somebody, but I meant the, whatever the. Geo oh, the wheel, like wheel of challenges, which wasn't promotions, but it was a. Uh, well, I mean like the, the temporary. Like digital mystery at the museum where you're yeah. going out. Yeah. Like, uh, yeah. 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 Um, Yes, the, um, I, I think we will absolutely be doing something like that. I, yeah. you know, um, I don't know the nature. I actually haven't heard from marketing at this point, like what the plans right. are for this summer season. Um, but I know that they're always thinking about it. And from an engineering standpoint, um, we're always talking about uh, what might be innovative when it comes to technology that we can sort of bring into the game in a, in a way that creates some fun. Um, I think that it would, um, yeah, I, I, I think we'll be doing something like that. I, I just don't know when, like the, the concept yeah. of, we call them digital treasures and yeah. using digital treasures to, you know, have people go out and collect gems. You know, mystery at the museum was, was one of my favorites just because we yes. had, you know, rock chalk and Jennifer who are both, you know, former news reporters dressed <laughs> up and, and sort of playing those roles. It was, it yes. was just, it was so much fun. That it was, was so cool. much fun. And, yeah, you awesome. know, uh, what is it? Uh, there was uh, Planetary Pursuit was one of them. Yes, yes. Uh, that was a great one. Yeah, I was going through yeah, my was, souvenirs thinking of some of those. Uh, the yeah, yeah. Um, the Reach reach the Peaks were fun. Reach mm -hmm. the Peak was fun. To, yep, that was, that was, cool. was kind of interesting. It was interesting because you kind of learned something about these different summits. Each, like, each oh, I didn't realize that was the summit of Antarctica, you know? Oh, okay. Well, and not um, only that, you did a good – Y'all, I keep saying you just because you're right here in front of us, right? I know there's obviously a lot of things. <laughs> well, well, we know uh, it's not just you. <laughs> and, but, and actually, uh, it's kind of a broader we. Let's let's say it's a broader we because it's not yeah. just this group here. So, okay, yeah. keep going. Um, but, yep. like, <laughs> um, and we've talked about this too, the struggle of because it's such a big audience. I think it's really great how, and whatever we call them, promotions or, you know, whatever we're doing at the time, um, you're, you do the different levels. And I think that's so important because we, we talk to geocachers of all, you know, mm -hmm. fanaticism levels, but you, you kind of stage it where people can get into it easy, but then the, the ones on the other end are a little harder for the more hardcore geocachers. I, I like the way y'all have moved more towards that and, and done different levels. I think that brings so many more people. Uh, obviously, I hope you continue to do that too, but it brings so many more people because if it was just that one level, you'd miss so many people from not ever being able to do it. Yeah. And if it's just the go find five, people are going to be like, I'll do that by accident. Right. 
Uh, of course. And, and, you know, historically we've done some promotions where we had that one level and people are like, you know, 1201 AM, they're like, done, got my souvenirs. It's all over social media. And like, you know, it, and, and we don't get the benefit of sort of trying to challenge everybody to, to find mm -hmm. their level within the game and, and ideally maybe push a little bit further. And I know, as we talked about earlier with the spectrum of players, when we set what those levels are, there is no highest level that a large percentage of geocachers will not be able to do. You know, we don't want to right. keep it out of reach for people, but we want it to be challenging. And for some people, nothing we, no bar will be challenging enough. Totally understood. Right. And for, but in, in terms of accessibility and trying to make it available to the global community, um, setting some sort of early stage milestones where you can go get a souvenir or two souvenirs. Mm -hmm. and, and at that point, you know, then people can decide, okay, you know, I participated, I got something out of this. How much further do I want to go? And, you know, I can tell you that there are people that sometimes they're just like, Hey, this is too hard for me. I really, you know, I can't complete this. And it's, you know, as from a completionist standpoint, I am frustrated that I can't get there. Even if I try, you know, hard for me. Yeah. And, yeah. and so it's a, it's a balancing act, like with everything. Yeah, but I, I agree with you. I think that having a series of um, levels for people to achieve just makes sense in terms of engaging as many people as we can. So, well, we're we starting it toward the... Go ahead. Yeah, Gary was going to say. We're starting it toward the end of the hour. Do you want to? Uh, we can cover some of the questions in the Starred group, or but before we do that, um, uh, I do want to uh, bring up um, before we get to the, the the top of the hour. Somebody mentioned um, UDAC. Thank you, UDAC. Um, she mentioned we're hoping to get to the three thousand mark before the end of the end of the hour. So she's challenging. Challenge has been put out there. Uh, right. to get to the three thousand, and we're we're getting um, there. We're getting we're getting we're getting close. So, uh, so a lot of the questions that have come up, um, just comments and questions too. But, um, uh, one, do you know what megas you're attending next year? That's one of the um, questions. I'll, I'll, let me fire a few of them at you, and you tell us what you can answer. Sure, uh, sure. I, obviously, the questions you can't answer. <laughs> There's a yeah. there's a lot of really cool megas next year. Um, I can tell you nothing. I have no firm plans, but I can tell you a couple that I'm looking at right now. I'm looking at the uh, Yuma. Um, I have not been yep. to that one, and I, I it's the 20th anniversary of them doing this event. So I'd oh, really right. like to go. Um, mm -hmm. There's some other folks at, at HQ who I think are, are contemplating that one. Um, right. And then... I met the guys who run the KGB event um, over in, I think it's in Belgium. Uh, I met okay. them in Austria just a couple of months ago and they, they just seem like such a, a fun bunch of guys. And I know their event has a really good reputation. And so cool. it's something I'm looking at if the timing works out great. If it doesn't, then, you know, I'll try and do it another year. Um, right. But there's, there's so many cool events and, you know, there's, there's only so much travel and time that, that any of us have. And obviously it's a, it's, it's one of the best perks of the job that I can get to go to some of these things and, and engage, you know, meet people and, and talk about the game and, and, and just be part of it. Um, yeah. But I don't really, I, I don't really know for certain just yet. I, I like the fact that you guys have a, you know, a, the, a, a, a process in place that allows for 
uh, lackeys to go to these various events. I mean, one of the things that was a, a real treat for us, we were at the Cash Fest in Memphis, was to have, I forget their names now, but they're the two, um, Johnny, oh, what's the, uh, uh, the two? And, um, oh, you're sure. Boutron and Dovadov. Uh, yeah, the, just, the just two yeah. Oh, man. Devel- Such cool developers, guys. right? They're developers. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sean is actually the head of engineering. Okay. And, engineering. and, and Justin is a, he's like the, the senior manager. He reports to the head of IT, but Justin okay. effectively manages the, the IT team. Oh, wow. uh, and he is our, he is our SQL database, um, expert really. And, and I'll tell you, um, Justin's been with us, I think 14 years now yeah. and Butron has been with us for 19 years. Wow. And I'll, I'll, I'll say like, when we talk about the great people who work at HQ, like I consider these guys dear friends, but they are both so incredibly talented and smart and care right. about this community that it's, it's one of the way, like how I said earlier, like, I think as a community, you know, the community deserves everything. And yeah. knowing that like we're putting these type of people on the task of delivering everything, yep. it's like it's the right way to do it. And yeah, so you guys got to meet them. They're they're yeah. Oh yeah. Got to hang out some with them and they were they were great. Like you said, they're they're again, they're great ambassadors and and um they um they were they they were they were they were wonderful to be with so um but anyway um i I guess we'll go around the room and i guess um kind of wrap up for for the thing and we'll we'll bring in um uh our next uh guests so let let me let me bring in let me bring in um for crosstalk purposes um emily emily's gonna be with us for the next hour hi Hi, Brian. Hey, and um, Emily. And also, let me nice let me bring you. in Shannon. So Shannon, Shannon's our guest for for next hour. Hey, Shannon. And um, what's up? Hello. Uh, Shannon is is uh, is actually with St. Jude. So I think that happened last year too. Uh, uh, Brian, you got to kind of cross talk with the our St. Jude representative. So that that works out great. So so Shannon, uh, Brian is president and co-founder of Geocaching. So um, we he's gracious enough to come with the, come, come on board, uh, every year for, for one of our hours. So, uh, I appreciate looking forward asked. to talk every year. Yeah. Please keep me on the list. <laughs> Absolutely. I love this. <laughs> yeah, he is great. So, um, we're really looking forward to getting, uh, our, our full update about St. Jude, but, um, we're kind of wrapping up this hour. So, um, I guess, uh, and even Emily now, but uh, John and and Jesse, do y'all have some final uh, questions you would like to to, to ask Brian? I'll uh, I'll go first because I was monitoring the chat room, and I I could sit and ask Brian questions all day long, right? That's oh, I what could we do yeah. all the time and travel around the world doing this stuff, right? So we could always yeah. ask questions of 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 the company, but um, I, I just want to, without getting into the questions, I want to mention a couple of things that were touched on. People talked about megas, the accessibility of HQ. Um, the, the promotions are doing uh, GIF, which we didn't even get to talk about. I mean, there's so many things that are happening in geocaching. And the fact that the, the comments were just kind of rolling in like that shows how engaged people are and interested in what's happening. And um, and it, overwhelmingly, what people just want to say is thanks, Brian, for coming on. Um, there's, you know, not every company allows the kind of access that you allow. 
and really sends the top level people and the people that are out there out into the community like geocaching does. So we're pretty fortunate to have this happen, not just here, but all year long. So I just, we, we could not get to all the questions. There's no way, but um, I just, just summarize them all. Thanks for coming on. And you know, that, that access is, is what keeps the geocaching community kind of tied together. I think. It, it's certainly John. one of the things and, you know, thank you so much. And I'll say this company's comprised of top level people, no joke. And so they everybody's really going is. out. Everybody's going out. Yeah. yeah. John, did you have a final thought you wanted to? Yeah, absolutely. I agree with Jesse. Brian, you know, thank you so much. I mean, shoot, we could probably do an eight hour show asking Brian all the questions we all had. <laughs> yeah. I don't have think Brian time. wants to do that, but we could. Yeah, <laughs> I would, we still I would wouldn't have it. enough would... time to express all of our appreciation to, to him and all of the lackeys at HQ for all of the work that they do to yeah. uh, help you know us enjoy geocaching, to create this great community that we all partake in. So thank you so much, Brian, for all of that one. Greatly appreciate everything, sir. Thank you all so much for having me on this show. As I said, it is a pleasure to do this every year. Um, it's, it, it's really cool to get to be a part of raising money for St. Jude's, having this geocaching conversation, seeing so many familiar familiar names in the comments. It is yeah. a true pleasure for me. And, uh, yeah, I can't thank you guys enough. Oh, absolutely. Uh, again, yeah, thanks, Brian. You're, you're a good friend, and um, you've been uh, such a great friend to, to geocache talk. I mean, we've uh, – we, we do what we do – obviously for the love of the game, but the the fact that you and pretty much everybody at HQ is, you know, the pro, you know, pro podcast, you know, I, you know, you know, we don't want to mention, we have time to mention everybody, but I mean, all the different podcasts and web web shows that are out there for geocaching, all the vloggers. I mean, that's another, you know, we didn't get a chance to talk about all the vloggers, but um, you guys have been so gracious to, provide us with resources and time has been wonderful. So um, if you would, please tell, tell everybody, um, you know, and I made fun of, uh, you know, geocache and JT coffee, but they, they, um, they're, they're wonderful folks. And um, um, they're, um, they're also, you know, they're just good friends to, to, to the, to the community and to, to us. So uh, we appreciate them. So. Um, I'll, I'll just I'll, I'll say as a yep. sort of a parting word is yep. on a personal level and on a company level, we have such a deep appreciation for the folks who are giving back to this game in all of the different forms. And you guys play a really significant role in doing that. And so thanks for what you do. Really. And thanks. Thanks for, thanks for this podcast. And I hope everybody has a great evening and I'll look forward to the next time. Yep. Thanks, Brian. Appreciate you. Here's everybody. Thanks, Brian. See you next time. See you guys. Thank you. Take care. See you.